Welcome to Home Dance Film Festival, the podcast that brings a small part of the Sundance Film Festival to you. We discuss two movies that played at Sundance, along with one non-Sundance film, plus a few other fun things thrown in along the way. Today we're discussing Passing, What's Cooking, and The Matrix Resurrections. I'm Jessica. And I'm Dylan. So we're in the, the come down of the holidays. They're ending. I'm sad, but we're on the ninth day of the 12 days of Christmas, so that's something at least. Yeah, phasing out the Hallmark films just a little bit. But with a new year comes endless possibilities for great movies to be watched. Just one thing to note, sorry about the sound. I forgot to switch the AC to heat earlier today, and so I just turned it on so that we wouldn't freeze our tootsies off. Yes, we don't want our feet to look like Adam Sandler's in Mr. Deeds. (laughs) (laughs) So you're just going to have to deal with that little bit of buzzing or humming in the background, sorry. Mm -hmm. That you probably actually won't hear, so this will probably be unnecessary. I don't know, who knows. So yeah, what have you been watching? Well, Jessica, in the spirit of discovery, of course, I ditched that and went back to an old favorite. Uh, I revisited probably Disney's best use of their intellectual property, the original Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, which is still a banger. It's still by far the best one in the series. It was a movie that really launched Johnny Depp to a new level of stardom after kind of languishing in the 90s of just being this weirdo oddball. And then now he got paid more money for being a weirdo oddball after Mm -hmm. (laughs) Black Pearl. But that movie, it's so good. It's like the perfect mixture of comedy and adventure. And it's actually genuinely thrilling. And you get all of these people who have grown up to like bigger success. I still like seeing like Mackenzie Crook, who was Gareth in the UK office Mm. in one of the small roles. And seeing... Young Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley just, they're developing romance and it's just great. Yeah. Jeffrey Rush as Barbosa. Man, it was awesome. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite of all of the pirate movies and I would have been just fine if they stopped after that. Yeah, but they wanted to keep raking in that money and mm-hmm. since the first one earned Johnny supporting actor nomination they were maybe like the second one that'll be the one that clinches it it did not Mm. but if we didn't have all the other ones we wouldn't have paul mccartney in one of them so Uh, i don't know that's true (laughs) (laughs) you gotta see sir paul dressed up as a pirate yeah what what could be better (laughs) but i did discover like an actual new film that i really enjoyed it's the new film from Joe Carnahan called Cop Shop, mm-hmm. which it looks just like a standard action thriller with uh, Gerard Butler and Frank Grillo. That doesn't really inspire the most confidence, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I know you, I haven't shown you like Smoke and Aces or anything yet, but he's the same director, but he always does action really well. And this one actually has a really strong female lead in it as well, played by Alexis Lauder. And the basic premise of this is two people get locked up in like a police station. One person gets arrested and another person, he gets arrested on purpose to get this guy and like Mm -hmm. try to kill him. And it's like this. uh, (laughs) Okay. I was like, okay, gotcha. We got an old fashioned prison break. No. But then I was like, like you just suddenly switched it. Yeah. He's just got to kill him in anyways. I was like, oh. Yeah. He has to gain access to him and try to kill him in this police station. And then chaos ensues. And it's a lot of fun. Mostly I want to recommend in this for this psychotic supporting turn from Toby Huss, who you may recognize as the voice of 
Cotton from King of the Hill. (laughs) (laughs) He plays a third hitman who... He's just, like, way off the reservation, but he's a lot of fun. You just gotta watch it. It's... Too many hitmen. (laughs) So many hitmen. But if you like a good, well-crafted action thriller, Mm -hmm. I highly recommend Cop Shop. Okay. And going more less enthusiastic, I did watch, about a month or so ago, I watched the original Fritz the Cat which was the first X-rated animated movie. And I had mixed feelings about it. It had some like interesting but dated social commentary in it. But I viewed it as an interesting piece of entertainment history of like, oh, this was the first X-rated animated thing. You had this animated cat just having like group sex and taking drugs and going crazy. And a lot of commentary on racism and stuff. So it was a little... A little iffy. (laughs) It was interesting enough, but recently I just watched the sequel, which is The Nine Lives of Fritz the Cat, which did not have the participation of the original director, Ralph Bakshi, or the comic creator, uh, Robert Crumb. And they basically took any of the small good things about the first movie and like this kind of sly social commentary and just toss that out the window and just like we're just gonna go extremely for shock value and Mm. it's not a good sequel and they just insert stuff with like Hitler and everything and other racial commentary that's even less palatable than the first movie it's just a really big misfire so I kind of recommend the first Fritz the Cat if you're just interested in animated history. But (laughs) if you're considering like, oh, I also need to seek out the sequel, I would say, no, you do not. That'll be my closing thoughts on, on my movie watching for now. Okay. Fritz the Cat, The Road to Sausage Party. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Seth Rogen. He was just like, I can do better. Mm -hmm. And probably did. Still haven't seen it. Yeah. Speaking of not x-rated let's get to some dancing dylan shall we sundance that sounds nice find out the history of the blonde you've brought along. She's a girl from Chicago I used to know. Princess from Chicago. Things aren't always what they seem. Bobby Dan. Lots of people pass all the time. It's easy for a Negro to pass for white. I'm not sure it'd be so simple for a white person to pass for color. So you haven't ever thought to? What? You ever thought of passing? No, why should I? Now I have everything I've ever wanted. Passing premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in 2021. It's based on the novella by Nella Larson and written and directed by Rebecca Hall. It stars Tessa Thompson, Ruth Nega, Andre Holland, Bill Camp, and Alexander Skarsgård. In 1920s New York City, a black woman finds her world upended when her life becomes intertwined with a former childhood friend who's passing as white. I enjoyed this film. I thought it was quite good. I'm also going to make note that you might hear our dog barking. He does not 
do well with not being included. So sorry about that as well. <laughs> I don't think I was expecting the movie to be in black and white, but I feel like I remember seeing some pictures, but I might have forgotten. But I thought it was a good choice. I like the, the feel of it, and it looks really good. And all the performances were good. I like the cast in it. Just because it's Sundance doesn't mean that you can't have like a known, a well-known cast, but it's interesting that everyone's pretty much well-known. Yeah. Rebecca was able to get a lot of bigger name people Mm -hmm. for like a really small budget movie. Yeah. I think that's good because if it'll get people to watch it more, then all the better. Yeah. But I do think we maybe overestimate how many people actually know like Ruth Negga and Tessa Thompson (laughs) outside of the Sundance bubble. But Maybe. I mean, people know Alexander Skarsgård, at least. Yeah. But I had read the book in college, and I had to write an analytical paper on it, so I remembered it fairly well, and from what I remembered, the movie pretty much followed the book. And since it's shorter, I mean, it's good, unless you wanted to take like your own little interpretation, but it's, it's good as is, so I, I'm sure Rebecca didn't want to change too much of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's too bloated or anything. It, it works. The pacing is nice. And there's all these interpretations and scholars debating over it and the meaning and symbolism and everything because there's so many different themes in the book. It's very layered for being so short, which I think that's why it's one of the classics. It's something that's so important. Mm-hmm. And I'm unsure if the author ever really said anything on it, what people were debating. I don't know if she cleared anything up. I'm not sure. I do know that she wrote another book, Quicksand, I think, that was famous. And I think some people might like that one better or something because people have issue with the ending of this one just because it's so sudden and they feel like it's not cleared up, I guess. <laughs> That's interesting because I have similar issues with the movie. I mean, it makes sense because it just follows yeah. right along. Reading the book, the ending works fine with me because you're more in Irene's head. Mm-hmm. Even though it's third person, it's still her point of view. And I think it works better. But then with the movie, it's sudden and kind of ambiguous at points. And I don't think you get a good grip and handle on her emotional state at the moment. You just see the book is more intimate, which I think it works better with the book. I could see the, the movie ending being kind of weak. Yeah, as someone who... I did remember whenever you read this in college on one of our walks, you told me about it, and I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Then when I saw they were making this movie, I was like, ooh, Jessica, look. Mm. So I had heard things about this ever since it debuted at Sundance, and apparently I'm pretty sure maybe a different cut had premiered at Sundance and they kind of tightened it up just like a little bit (laughs) for this official release. That's what I've heard at least. But everything I had heard, people I really respect said they like loved this movie. So I think I had kind of higher expectations going in and I did like it. It just kind of left me wanting more. I expected just, it's a very subtle film and you really have to put yourself in their place. They say so much without saying explicitly a lot of stuff which is fine and I like that I think this is a movie that you kind of have to set with and since we just watched this yesterday my feelings might evolve with more viewings and just as I consider this a little bit more Mm. but I did like it the two lead performances especially are among the best I've seen all year and the fact that they're not more in like the awards conversation is sad because 
they're really great. So they're not even shortlisted? I mean, there's not a shortlist for actors, but like just in terms of like critics' prizes, they've been very sporadic in their nominations throughout like the different critics groups. I know I'll be including them on my ballot this week, mm-hmm. but in terms of like, I think maybe Ruth got in for supporting actress at the Critics' Choice, but not, I think Tessa's been like not showing up as much because people seem to be singling out Ruth as like the showier role maybe. That's so weird because the book is all opposite. If this movie had a narration going mm-hmm. over it for the book, it would be less subtle, I guess. But it's like the... You would call it, it's like the Blade Runner effect. <laughs> yeah, it would be too much. Yeah. But it's just the book, it's not like as, not the like the movie is lackadaisical or anything in its pace, but yeah. it's the book is more kind of intense. Mm-hmm. And then this is more, it's like a slower burn and you have to pay attention to their face and their their movements and everything. It's weird because the book would be opposite. Yeah, I think <laughs> Tessa actually gives the more nuanced performance in this movie and you do get more time with her, but just trying to analyze everything she's feeling and I'm not even sure I completely, like if I was projecting certain things onto certain situations and stuff. This is part of the stuff. Yeah, because... <laughs> Part of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get too big into spoilers or anything like that, but in terms of each other's jealousy towards one another, but whether that goes more into like kind of the uh, romantic and like longing and because you definitely kind of sense that with Tessa's character of uh, Rini because it just seems like she wants to be <laughs> the one that's with Claire. <laughs> But Claire just kind of more so wants to be part of the community that she got out of. And then there's like the misplaced anger of, I don't think she really cares if there's possible stuff going on with her husband, Brian and Claire so much as, because there's all this stuff with them not, (laughs) like, here's the the looks that you're giving me while I'm saying, like, yeah, it's, the, a, it's there's amazing. This, yeah, there's this constant back and forth of her husband, played by Andre Holland, who is great. Mm-hmm. And I really liked seeing his career since Moonlight. He's, like, constantly kind of bringing up, hey, when we going to, like, get down? Like, I want to. Yeah. <laughs> we never have sex. And she's just like, eh, I mean, there's the kids and the norm, quote-unquote normal excuses. You can feel that there's... I, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. I'm reading too much into it. No. Okay. No. See, this is what I wanted to discuss. The ending, that's yeah. that's off the table. I yeah. won't give that away. But there's all this debate and, like, analysis on this book. And there are several layers of mm-hmm. everything. There's the passing of Claire in the white community. Like, she's passing as white. Mm-hmm. And then Irene also will pass as white occasionally whenever it benefits her. But Claire is more bold about it. She's more reckless, one could say. And then Irene is less because she values security overall. Mm -hmm. So she's in a good spot. It also deals with class because they're both upper middle class. Yeah. Somewhere in there. And Irene does not want to lose that life. So she has the security of her marriage, which she wants to keep stable. Mm -hmm. And she has the kids. The kids will keep her marriage stable because it'll keep her husband there and so she doesn't want anything to disrupt it and then claire comes along disrupts it freaks her out a bit yeah there's also in the book it's very clear certain things so i was wondering if rebecca was going to show that that layer and what people debate about in the movie about the sexual attraction and she did and i was like okay yeah cool because in the book whenever irene sees claire 
for the first time in a while. The way that she talks about her is very... She's, like, going on and on about how beautiful she is, and she's very obsessed with her mm-hmm. a little bit. And so people have debated whether Irene is longing for Claire. Like, she is sexually attracted to her, and she is kind of a little bit in love with her or infatuated with her. That is part of the mm-hmm. whole debate. The stuff with her husband is just her kind of projecting or using it to distract from her own feelings. Yeah. Like, in the movie... Whenever Irene said, well, everyone's passing as something, that's like another... Yeah. Because you have... She's passing as straight. Yeah. So it's like all kinds of stuff. Like, people are just... They're playing roles. And I think the author did a good job at pointing that out, how people just play roles in society just to fit in and be secure and safe. Yeah, you can really tell that Irene values security just in how she talks to her husband about what they tell the children and stuff, like the mm-hmm. all the stuff about uh, like lynchings and stuff around the country yeah. and how she's wanting to keep them innocent. And she thinks that's the best way to approach raising their kids while he wants to like show them the reality of the world. And that's just another form of her trying to keep the harmony within the family and her life. She wants to keep them sheltered and she doesn't want to bring that into their their world. There's also the jealousy of, or the frustration, like if Irene couldn't have Claire in that way, but also the jealousy of just Claire being able to pass in between so easily. She just kind of goes back and forth and Irene isn't able to. Mm -hmm. She's really scared whenever she does pass as white. She's like freaked out and then she goes back to the security and she's scared, but Claire is just bebopping in between both because she's just like, I don't care. She's free and there's also motherhood because they're very different how they are mothers. (laughs) Yeah. Because Claire seems to be, her kid is just there and she's like, yeah, whatever. The kid doesn't define me. Yeah, do we even see her kid? I don't remember. I don't remember it. But yeah, she mentions, I think it's a daughter maybe. Yeah, she mentions her kid, but it's more like her kid doesn't stop her from doing what she wants. And she's she's all like, I don't want to have another one. Because she's also afraid of having one that's going to be... Dark skin. Yeah, yeah, like obviously black. So she's like, I got lucky with this one, so I'll just stop yeah. and live my life. But Irene has two boys and then she likes them and she's all about them and keeping them because it just it keeps her safe. Yeah, Irene only passes whenever she needs mm-hmm. something specific from Yeah. whenever it's convenient for her. Yeah, whenever it allows her to climb the social ladder a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's still safe and then Claire is just doing it for whatever. Yeah, I I love how they show at the beginning her going through this world and then going up to, like, the checkout counter and being, like, waiting a beat to be like, are they going to say anything? Mm -hmm. Okay, no, they think I'm white. Okay, this is what I need. Yeah. (laughs) And going up to the doorman, and is he going to open the door for me? Okay, we're good. Just, like, this... Yeah. Looking on Tessa's face, she's just like, is this okay? Okay, we're good, we're good. Yeah, she likes her place in the middle class, and she likes all what comes with it, the lifestyle. And so whenever she goes to the cafe where she sees Claire for mm-hmm. the first time, she likes going there and eating there and everything. But then whenever she goes and the, the waiter yeah. who seats her, she's kind of just like, is he going to notice? Is he going to kick me out? But then he doesn't. She's like, okay, cool. Yeah. But then like whenever she does see Claire, she kind of has this look on her face like, you can't have both of us together. It might, look, it might click in their head. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's two black women. But she's just like, uh. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. There's just a ton of layers. 
in this book. Yeah. I like when Irene is talking to Hugh, the successful author that's like an ally of the black community, Mm. played by Bill Camp. And just some of the questions he's asking her, like he doesn't even realize that she's black at first. He's just watching her dance and then... Claire. Yeah. Watching, yeah, doesn't realize Claire is black whenever they're out, like, at a club. Mm-hmm. And then it dawns on him, the situation. You can just see, he's like, I've got so many questions. Yeah. And, like, some of the questions he asked about, like, basically, do you sense when someone is passing? Do you have that inherent sense or whatever? <laughs> I was like, no, it's not like a superpower, but kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like whenever people talk about, like, gaydar and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Like, weird questions like that. Fun fact about that character. I was just reading before we started recording that that character, three weeks into the movie, had not been cast yet. And, like, the shoot was almost over. And it was originally intended for Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm. But then Bill Camp came in. But then, man, Benedict's been in so many movies this year. It would have been wild just to add just yet another one on there. But I I really (laughs) liked how Bill did in the role. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the most pivotal role. One thing I did want to point out in terms of not just the narrative, like how the movie is shot. I think this is one of my favorite shot movies this year. Like just the way it uses its cinematography. A lot of black and white movies, they kind of seem to do it arbitrarily. Like we're just going to shoot this in black and white. But I really liked how, I mean, it kind of seemed obvious at points, but I thought they did it really well of just whenever they were trying to show that Claire or Irene was passing, how it get like really light Mm -hmm. and the lighting on their face would seem like lighter Mm -hmm. but then whenever Irene was just in her house it was really dark she really seemed like darker skin than whenever Mm -hmm. she's like trying to pass and just how like Rebecca worked with her cinematographer to like light all of these shots I was just like I see what you're doing there yeah but in addition to all of these other themes and layers that we just talked about they do also a good job with the i guess more central theme of just race and the color of your skin mm-hmm. passing between worlds and what it meant at the time and how how it affected people just who were doing it how they could be truly frightened because claire seemed to be more okay with it and she seemed less regretful about abandoning the african-american community yeah like her core identity yeah she didn't seem like she really cared about being defined that way but she did miss talking with the community and being with them but she liked the benefits of the white community as well so she wanted to go to both i think Mm-hmm. where Irene was more, I think she was more comfortable in the African-American community, but she also needed things from the white side. Yeah. But she was just more afraid to go. Mm-hmm. And I think she's also probably a little bit jealous of Claire's ability to be so free, I think. Yeah, just boldness and being like, this is what I'm doing. And the fact that she went so far as to like marry a white guy mm-hmm. who does not know yeah (laughs) and really well and this movie just showcase like just this whole experience is just something you never really see on film very Mm -hmm. much so it just opens up all of these questions and it just breaks your heart that this even had to be a thing that you couldn't just be the person that you are yeah just either safety reasons or political reasons yeah just there's a multitude of reasons it's not okay to be yourself so you have to be someone else Yeah, because there's the whole thing in history, like the one drop rule or whatever. Oh, yeah. If you had whatever percentage, like you were defined and classified as that race. Mm -hmm. I think all of that, like going on at the time, of course, is what 
Nella Larson is going to write about. Yeah, if anyone wants to read the book, definitely would recommend it. Yeah, it sounds like a short read, too. So Yeah, it's good. As a movie watcher, I really did like this movie, and as I'm discussing the themes more, I, like, I do really appreciate it. It's just the ending, it seemed awful abrupt, and like I just, I expected it to be maybe like five minutes more or ten minutes more. I don't know, just like a little bit more. <laughs> but just as like there was a pan out, I was like, they're about to end this movie, and I'm I'm not completely satisfied, <laughs> and, and that's fine. You have to satisfy me, but like I just wanted just slightly more. But it's still a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> a lot of people love it. That's cool. We can talk about the ending more later, not on the podcast. Yeah, off the pod. Now, if any of you sons of bitches got anything else to say, now's the fucking time. Well, let's make it official. What is your rating system? My rating system is 20s hats. Nice. <laughs> There's a lot of hats in this movie. If you want to up your hat game, just look here. Yeah. I think I will give this movie four 20s hats out of five. So I'm stylish. Mm. What about you? Um, at this moment, I'm feeling like a, a strong three and a half hats. It might grow with me the more I sit with it. But I guess mainly what I want, not that we have any influence, what I want people to walk away with is that both Ruth and Tessa are both awards worthy. And then not that we should just be like, we should only get one movie or one female in the best director lineup. But Rebecca Hall, she deserves to be in that conversation because she did a really good job with a limited budget and adapting this material. Shot really well. So Rebecca Hall, you're having a great year. You're also acted your ass off in the night house. Also a Sundance movie. So like, good on you, girl. Mm. You're killing it this year. Hell yeah. (laughs) If you want to see this movie, it is conveniently very easy to stream on Netflix. This is the story of four families and one meal. She's the mommy, she's the daddy, and I'm the alcoholic, cult-worshipping, satanic stepmother. We're playing Thanksgiving. (laughs) Each with its own distinctive flavor. Why do you want to make the turkey taste like everything else we eat? What's Cooking debuted at the Sundance Film Festival in the year 2000. It is directed by Gurinder Chadha and stars Mercedes Ruel, Kira Sedgwick, Joan Chin, Lainey Kazan, Mari Chaikin, Juliana Margulies, Alfre Woodard, and Dennis Haysbert. So I had like this cutesy plot description that I found, but I'm not going to read that. I'm going to read just more of a straightforward one. Okay. On Thanksgiving Day, four ethnically diverse families, Vietnamese, Latino, Jewish, and African-American, gather for the traditional meal. Each family has its own distinct way of cooking the traditional holiday meal and its own set of problems. So this movie you wanted us to watch for our Thanksgiving viewing. Mm -hmm. So I did not really know anything about it. I noticed that it was directed by Gurinder, who I enjoyed Bend It Like Beckham. So that was promising. And I thought it was okay. (laughs) I liked all of the performers in it and each story had moments that I enjoyed, but it also kind of seemed uneven and lightweight. I don't know. It just, it didn't come together like just beautifully for me. It just kind of <laughs> seemed a little messy. 
but family's messy. (laughs) But I really enjoyed seeing the different families and how each of them approach the holidays and the different traditions that they're each doing to, like, put their own spin on, like, traditional American Thanksgiving. But each storyline kind of seemed a bit overly melodramatic and some of the stuff doesn't I mean at the time I guess it probably resonated more but some of the stuff has kind of aged a little poorly or it kind of seems like after school specially a little Mm -hmm. bit it's not a perfect movie It's, it's fine but I enjoyed it it just wasn't like man that's the classic Thanksgiving movie I've been missing I'm just like no that's that's good mm Mm-hmm. I love whenever we can get more Thanksgiving movies because there aren't enough, in my opinion. So I was glad to find something else to try out. And I pretty much agree it was fine, but it wasn't amazing. But it, it wasn't like, ugh, like intolerable watch to get through or whatever. It was okay. And some of the stuff seemed kind of manufactured a little bit, but I don't know. What are you going to do with that time period? Yeah. It just seems to be of the time, of its time. And it was before Love Actually, and it had, like, the whole through line. It's like a through line of groups of people yeah, just celebrating a holiday together, and there's stuff in common with them, besides being American. Yeah. <laughs> like, stuff in common. So, I mean, that's kind of cool that there's another holiday movie that's like that. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of interlocking stories a little bit. Mm-hmm. But some of the character choices were really frustrating. There's one that involves a gun that was really, really frustrating. I was like, what? Come on. Yeah, it just kind of seemed unnecessary to just be Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, also this boy is hiding a gun and it's just like, what? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the whole thing where so much stuff could be solved if you would just slow down for a second and talk to each other instead of being like, I'm mad at you and I leave in a huff. I won't stick around to hear what you have to say. No, I don't have time. Yeah. It's just super annoying. And then there's like another thing with um, overbearing parents being too much with the trope of just trying to shelter your daughters because oh, yeah. like the she, parent- might, she might be having sex yeah. and then they freak out and it's just like... <sighs> Because they find a condom, like, out of her jacket. And they won't even listen to her because, apparently, I don't know, she might be the more difficult, quote-unquote, child to work with. So they're they're just not listening to her at all, and they just make it all worse. So that really annoys me. But, of course, if it were one of their sons, they wouldn't do anything about it, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, that's the same family where the kid Mm -hmm. has the gun, and they're like, no, he's good. It's the girl we need to worry about. It's like, yo, no, fam. Like, look at that. Yeah, it's so annoying. And it's just, like, the token son who can do no wrong. Because I think there were two... Were there two sons in that one? Yeah, because one of the sons is spending time with a different family, Mm -hmm. but he didn't want to come home. He said that he was busy at college because he... He wants to spend time with his girlfriend. Yeah, and he just didn't want to deal with his parents. Which I get. Yeah, so... (laughs) Which her family seemed pretty chill, so... Mm -hmm. They didn't even say anything whenever they were, like, showering together or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, her mom was just kind of made like a face like (laughs) yeah I was like what are you doing because they're they're in the bathroom and then her mom was just like I'm gonna talk to you through the door and she knew that both of them were in there and I was like lady do you want a snack yeah moms love giving snacks (laughs) what are you sure you're okay do you need some food before you bone yeah I mean you gotta get your energy up 
Man, that was wild. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? And then she just laughed about it because she's like, <laughs> kids. Yeah. I embarrassed them. And that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I probably freaked that boy out. I like that. Yeah, because he was just like, what are you doing getting in the shower with me? And she's like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the daughter was like, it's fine. Trust me, whatever. <laughs> yeah. My, mo- my mom will probably yell in here and ask if you want food, but it's totally cool. That was so weird. But yeah, the other stuff with the other family was super frustrating. I think they were the most frustrating family. <laughs> yeah. In terms of storylines that I actually enjoyed, I mean, it's a trope, overbearing mother-in-law and stuff. But like the Alfred Woodard stuff, I think is probably the best parts of the movie just because it's Alfred freaking Woodard. So mm-hmm. like she's a queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just like her dealing with her husband's mother and just being constantly belittled and undercutting her authority. I just, I wouldn't do it like that. Or like, do you really, are you really sure you want to yeah. be like that? But it gets a little bit more nuanced. It's not just the typical trip. I mean, it is a lot of that, but there's a <laughs> little bit more. <laughs> it's deeper. Yeah. I guess it seems like those two especially elevate the material. It kind of amuses me because Dennis Haysbert is playing the husband and he kind of seems to be in the same realm he is in uh, Love and Basketball, yeah, that's which is like the same year. <laughs> yeah. So he was just like having a year where he was just being like a <laughs> doofus husband and being bad to his wife. Yeah. She was not in good hands. <laughs> that's <Nope>. all states. <laughs> <laughs> And this was pre, like, 24. He was President Palmer on that. Which <laughs> oh, really? That, that's a re- reference for my mom, who she still wants him to be the president. Uh, but, like, she didn't even have the comfort of Allstate or the president. So, man. that's when he turned around his ways. He's like, I've been playing no good men for too long. Yeah. <laughs> need to <laughs> need to get my career back on track. Yeah, I've never seen 24, so. Mm, you're only, like eight, nine seasons behind. Oh, you're, you're good, girl. We got this. I'm not super interested. I'm not going to lie. Don't at me. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're okay because that show has all its problematic baggage of portrayals of terrorists. So. Oh, okay. We yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, a just typical Middle Easterns are terrorists. We need to <laughs> stop them. Mm. He said that if them Terry's is going to try some up in here today like the bounce boogie and bump, that we got this shit. Do you mean terrorists? Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, um, there's the part where during the meal where the the food was on the floor. Oh, yeah. And stuff, and I was like, just pick that up. (laughs) Yeah. It was fine. The quote-unquote, like, five-second rule. Yeah. It's all good. Because nothing actually, like, touched floor floor, so I was like, nah, that's good. Yeah, there was a lot of of hijinks in this movie, a lot of typical, like, sitcom-y, like, ah, what's going on? (laughs) The whole story with Kira and Juliana. Yeah. That was... Their lesbian story. (laughs) Yeah, that one, it was good, but it's just typical stuff, like family is afraid of being judged yeah letting the secret out that their daughter is gay and the mom was the mom from my big fat greek wedding oh yeah which was fun i like her yeah like i said i like that segment but that's one of the things where i'm like it kind of feels dated now but it didn't at the time so i can't really judge it but it it still kind of feels like i said like after school especially like you need to be accepting of your gay daughter and stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there were a few extra little not really twists but developments in that one where i'm just like okay that didn't go completely as i expected like when they were about to make some revelations and yeah i was not expecting that yeah not gonna lie i was like okay (laughs) 
So that at least offered some level of like, oh, they didn't go completely meeting my expectations, so that's cool. But mm-hmm. still just standard gay storyline type stuff. Yeah, I just think I like it more because of the cast. It's mm-hmm. pretty strong, so. Yeah, if you like any of the cast members, everyone does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Ooh, note that might be only fun for you, Jessica, but <laughs> the mother in the Vietnamese family, mm-hmm. Joan Chen, she actually directed another movie you made me watch around Thanksgiving, <laughs> Autumn in New York. Nice. <laughs> which... <laughs> Well, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she did direct it, so... Yeah. That was an interesting connection. It wasn't terrible, but it's not great. Richard Gere and Winona Ryder, no chemistry. Yeah, but at least it looks okay. I don't know. I'm just trying to get a point. <laughs> You're just such a low bar. I know, I just... It, you just like seeing, quote, like, New York in autumn. You like yeah, autumn man. in New York. Yeah, man. I like Richard and Winona, so yeah. I'm just trying to give him something. But the story was a little bit whack. A little yeah. bit whack. Joan, you did your best to direct it, but nah, that wasn't it. But she did good acting-wise in this movie. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I think this one is worth a watch if you want something for Thanksgiving. Yeah. You only have to wait a year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good for you. And how was it? What is your rating system? My rating system for this one is shower snacks. Oh, <laughs> and, <kinky. laughs> I mean, you're showering and you got to eat. <laughs> Combine them both. Um, in reality, I would probably give this like two and a half shower snacks. On Letterboxd, I saw apparently I was in a good mood and gave it three stars. So just for consistency, I'll just say three shower snacks out of five. But we all really know. It's two and a half. Yeah, I was kind of feeling the same way because I feel like I should give it a 2.5, but then I want to give it more because of the female director. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the rare Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, so I'll stick with three shower snacks out of five. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) If you are interested in seeing how this movie works for you, it is currently available on Canopy and Amazon Prime with ads. Thomas, you seem particularly triggered right now. Can you tell me what happened? I've had dreams that weren't just dreams. Am I crazy? We don't use that word in here. The Matrix Resurrections was released in 2021. It was written by Lana Wachowski, David Mitchell, and Alexander Hemmen. It was directed by Lana Wachowski. It stars Keanu Reeves, Carrie-Anne Moss, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Jonathan Groff, Jessica Henwick, and Neil Patrick Harris. Return to a world of two realities, one everyday life, the other what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the white rabbit once more. Let me tell you this. <laughs> I was... Break it down, teach. (laughs) Chairs backwards. I'm ready. I was trying not to get too excited about this movie because I love the trilogy and I didn't want to be let down or anything. And I felt my excitement growing in spite of myself right before we watched it just because I think I saw some people being like, it was really good. Like, I'm, I'm really pleased with this. So I was like, oh. 
and I was getting a little bit too excited. So I enjoy the movie. Do I think that we needed this to be made? No, not really. But will I take a return to that world and those characters? Sure. Yeah, I'm all for that. That's fine. So I don't think it was awful or anything, but it wasn't amazing, I wouldn't say. I think the more that I watch it, it'll probably grow on me. And I like what they tried to do with it. So it was, I think it was a worthy return. So that's why I excuse this reboot or whatever with all the reboots going on. And just because I love the world so much. And people have problems with the second and third movie of the original trilogy, which I don't really, I'm good with it. I thought that they were really good. My favorite is still the first, but yeah, I think the ending to that trilogy was good. I think that it, it wrapped things up pretty well, but it also was open-ended enough that it could continue if that ever were to happen, which I didn't think it would. So they just took it in a different direction, which I wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that it was going to go this way just because I didn't think that Neo would be involved, like Neo as Neo. <laughs> I do like that this movie is very cheeky and... Cheeky? Yeah. And like Lana was basically giving the middle finger to Warner Brothers, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> Just being, like, meta in the movie, and there were parts that were, like, so meta that I was kind of like, whoa, this is a little... It's not, like, unsettling, but it's jarring, because they were just talking about just sequels of movies and stuff, and movie studios, and how they act, and, well, they mentioned Warner Brothers, and they're like, Warner Brothers needs another one, and it's just wild. It made me laugh, so I applaud her for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. So she's like, yeah, if you're gonna make me do this, here's what I think of you. It earns more points for that for me yeah just being audacious yeah being a little spicy i always loved the love story of neo and trinity in the original trilogy it gave me life my teenagehood life and it was chef's kiss it was wonderful so it was really lovely to see again and just i don't know more so like enhancing it you already knew how much they loved each other but it was just even more in this like their connection and how much power they had and what it did for everything, not just them. Mm -hmm. It was super powerful, and love above all is so powerful and important. I really love that. Yeah, you're a sucker for, like, love <clears throat> stories in the face of, like, insurmountable odds. Yes. Like, interstellar <laughs> and everything. Like, yeah. love transcending time Dimensions. and space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Love and sci-fi is a match made in heaven. Mm -hmm. It's so wonderful. So I love any movies or books that do that. So it was really nice to watch. And luckily with Keanu being in it, he wasn't too stiff. Like I found him in the last John Wick movie. He was Ooh. a little bit stiff in his stunts, but he seemed really loosened. Agile. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, cool, this is good. I didn't really have much expectations for this movie just because, I don't know, ever since I heard that this was coming out, it just didn't really seem real. And I'm just like, it's <laughs> it's a thing. And then finally just snuck up like, all right, it's coming out. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'm just like... <laughs> sure, Jan. We'll see about that. <laughs> because it, it seemed like no one really cared about it. Like every time someone would mention the new Matrix is coming out, I'd see an article about it being like pushed back or something. No one was like, no, I can't believe I have to wait longer to see the new Matrix. So it's just like, no one seemed to care. Mm -hmm. So it just seemed like it didn't exist. But then it finally, it's come out now. And I'm someone who, I also really like the original trilogy. I am not like slavishly devoted to the first movie. I think there's some pacing issues that could be 
Oh, we tighten up a little bit. It's not an infallible movie for in my viewpoint, but it is very good. And also, the and sequels are groundbreaking. It is groundbreaking. It's in filmmaking. <laughs> I mean, I would give it a solid eight out of ten. It's really good. But it's not a 10 out of 10 movie for me. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) And the sequels, they are also good. There's a lot of ridiculous stuff in them. Yes, there's like the rave scenes. There's all kinds of stuff. They're way too long. People, including you, because I saw someone else. I think Paul of Tompkins, whenever he was saying this. They always think that that rave scene is an orgy. And I'm like, no, it's just a rave. And then Neo and Trinity are having sex. Yeah. Outside of it. Away from the rave. (laughs) I didn't say it was an orgy. I said it was a rave scene. No, you. Whenever we were watching, you're like, I don't know that orgy scene or whatever coming up. I was like, it's not an orgy. It's just a rave. And you're like, oh okay. god. And then we watched it. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's just a rave. Yeah, but it seems like people are always just like, it's an orgy scene. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, I mean, because you have like a lot of sweaty people and like see-through clothing and stuff, and they're just all yeah grinding on one another. It's just like it's just some jumping up and down. Really, it's like yeah. a a wave, like a yeah a wave of people. Yeah, just a bunch of sweaty people just bumping against one another. (laughs) Bumping and grinding. (laughs) But yeah, the sequels, there's a lot of stuff wrong with it, whatever. But I like them as well. Those are probably like six or sevens out of tens. They're still good in my opinion. This one, also good. (laughs) Like it (laughs) continues a trend. I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I kind of like it. Mm -hmm. But Sneaks right up on you. (laughs) Well, I've had like 15 to 20 years to think about the others, so... And they're still shit. (laughs) They're still good. But this one, I just appreciated how, like you said, Lana did not really, like, she did not want to do this. She did not want to make this movie, but Warner Brothers was like, we're going to make this, we're going to make a Matrix sequel because that's, we need franchises. Yeah, Mm. we need money. And she was like, you're not going to take my baby from me and like bastardize it and be like, suddenly Neo's alive and this. She was like, oh, I have something for you. Like, I'll come back, but you got to give me creative control. And they're like, yeah, that's great. She's like, obviously you have not been watching Sense8. I've been getting up to some shit. Okay, so (laughs) watch out. But I like how explicitly from the beginning at first, they basically recreate the opening scene of the first movie. And they're like, I feel like I've seen this before. I've seen, the characters are observing it. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into the real unreal world like the mm-hmm. world that mr anderson is living in where the matrix is a video game <laughs> i only say this is to say the themes that they're talking about that they bring up within that little group where you're like it's getting too meta <laughs> is that lana seems to be commenting on how everyone has taken the matrix and morphed it into their own yeah agenda and thing like this is what the movie's about everyone's like it's just like a kick-ass action movie about like free will and seven yeah you have all the incels yeah like red red pill yeah Yeah, it's whack so i don't think she would say like i wish i'd never made this movie because i know she's probably proud of what she made but she tries to take back the narrative and just blast everyone of just like you all think you have this figured out but (laughs) You don't really get it. There's so many nuances. Even me saying this, I might be completely misinterpreting a lot of what she's saying. But I just like how she is kind of putting people 
on blast. blast yeah yeah i think she's just calling out people who use things for their own gain like how people can use the bible for their own gain yeah in sinister ways people are going to use the matrix for like bad faith arguments and things that are like good that people are just going to project onto it whatever yeah. they want to project onto it and she just takes that in this movie and explicitly lays out a bunch of characters saying that and like this is what people love about the matrix and then going on from there yeah commenting on bullets and stuff yeah like (laughs) people expect bullet time yeah but it does get repetitive of just them redoing scenes from the movie like even the mr anderson having to like try to hide from agents coming into the building and all of that stuff but once again she's specifically just saying like i am going to give you the first movie again this shouldn't be happening, but if you're going to get it, this is what you asked for. These are what you want from reboots. You want more of that same stuff you used to like. Yeah. And judging on audience response, not really. People are like, wait, this isn't what I wanted. I wanted more of the same thing, but not this. (laughs) Yeah. Most people, I think, are saying this shouldn't have been made. Yeah. It's not necessary, which it wasn't necessary. No, but I had fun with this. Yeah, it's fun. And it's funny because it seems like the real reason people don't seem to be responsible responding as well to this movie is because it doesn't have a lot of quote-unquote great action Mm. which that was never what the Wachowskis ever seemed interested they delivered awesome action Mm. but it never seemed to be what they were most interested in they just know they needed avenue to get people interested in this more like heady philosophical yeah (laughs) material and then it's like oh yeah but we'll also let Neo fight a hundred smiths and the brawl yeah the burly brawl Mm. or like have like a 20 minute car chase or whatever yeah those things are awesome and there's not comparable stuff here really there's like more low stakes action mostly which i had heard that the action wasn't as good in this one so i was prepared for like basically no action so what we got i was like this is fine i do come to the matrix for action but i also there's other things that also interest me yeah i never really came strictly for the action i think with the original trilogy also, I feel like I've been rambling for a very long time, so I want to get some more of your input. I just like, I just like going off. So you need, I don't to, think you need it, to come in here. I don't think it's as long as you think it is. Okay, but yeah, I mean, I agree about what Lana was doing. I also am amused that like Lana wanted to do this so that she would save it, keep it pure, I guess, in essence, mm-hmm. and so that the the studios wouldn't completely butcher it and just make some awful blech. So I like that she was like, yeah, I'll do this. But then Lily was like, no, I'm I'm Audi. I'm Mm -hmm. Audi 5000. (laughs) Like, didn't do it. So I think that's pretty amusing. They were probably like, yeah, we don't need two of us to just fuck over the studio. We'll just let one of us do it. Yeah. Maybe also the studio didn't want to have to pay both of them or something. Yeah. I'm sure Lily's busy creating some other mind freaks stuff somewhere I look forward to. Yeah. I mean, she was probably more so like, I've already done this. I really don't want to do this. I'm on to other things. Yeah. I'm not doing this. As long as my sister is taking care of this, I'm good. Like, yeah. She'll protect it. And I'm sure there was like phone calls of like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like Lily's like, yeah, that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Like I was saying while we were watching, I think if you want to watch this one, well, if, it, if it's kind of like a, a rehash of the first one, then maybe you 
don't need to see the original trilogy, but I don't know, to understand all the characters and everything, it would probably be best if you watch the original trilogy first. Yeah, if you want to actually care about Neo and Trinity, I think yeah. it would that original trilogy would provide the foundation to make you actually care yeah. more for their story. I mean, the is it like Trish? Is that her name? Tiff. Like, Tiff, okay. It's <laughs> Trish. <laughs> it was Trish. I knew it was some like kind of <laughs> offbeat name. It's it's kinda like a valley girl name almost, like Tiff. Yeah, it's it's very I guess nineties now. Yeah. So yeah, 80s. Trinity slash Tiffany. I actually really enjoyed their little interactions mm. in the unreal world, like the Matrix world. Yeah. Between her and Thomas. <laughs> yeah. It was weird him having a first name. I'm just yeah. so used to Mr. Anderson. Yeah. But it was interesting because when they were in that world, like the Matrix world, which you were unsure about at first, I was just like, honestly, I'd be totally cool if they never <laughs> went back like, outside of <laughs> Like if it was just like really just that the Matrix was completely fabricated and he was just a designer, I would have been perfectly fine. <laughs> like if the whole trilogy before it was just all... Yeah. Because that would have been even more... That would have gotten fans so angry. I mean, I would have been hurt. Yeah. But I would have... I don't know. I would have been fine with it. Because <laughs> it still exists. It's yeah. just like... Sh- it's like just showing kind of like the creative process of, I created this thing and now you expect a Matrix <laughs> sequel, but it's not really. It's about the person who created it as like a piece of fiction and then yeah. just showing their lives. On one hand, it's funny, but then it would have hurt my soul a little bit just because all the Neo and Trinity stuff wouldn't have been real. I guess. And that would have been very sad for me. And okay. then all the stuff, like all the sacrifices that were made, and it would have been sad. Yeah. It's still a story, so yeah, like... Yeah, but it was real. Okay. I'm happy for you, baby girl. I'm glad it was, I'm it glad was, it was real. It was real to me. It was real to me. <laughs> because during the movie, whenever he's designing the game and everything, mm-hmm. I had that thought, like, oh no, what if they are doing that, just mm-hmm. making it all not real, and I was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> because... I liked their interactions, Thomas and Tiffany. Mm -hmm. It was sweet, them being connected and drawn together, but they don't know why. Mm -hmm. But it's also, I don't want that to just be their interaction and their relationship. Yeah. And then, like, Tiffany. (laughs) You just don't, you know, you don't want (laughs) kick-ass Trinity to have a basic name like Tiffany. All apologies to Tiffany. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Tiffany. You're great. I promise you're great, but I got to know her as Trinity. The artist Tiffany, if you're listening, (laughs) love you, girl. Love you. Love you. You are great. But, like, I got to know her as Trinity. She Mm -hmm. is not a Tiffany, so Mm -hmm. it was all wrong. I do love that she still loved motorcycles and built them and rode them. That's fucking badass. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. But it would have been heartbreak if it wasn't real in that world. Yeah, you got to see some, uh, I'll just say familiar faces pop up afterwards, which it was nice to see some people. I understand that certain people were not either asked to return or couldn't accommodate a return. Like, Hugo Weaving apparently couldn't make it fit in his schedule to, like, do this, which was a bummer. I don't think Lawrence was asked back, and I think there is kind of a narrative reason for it, but I also wish he would have been back. Yeah. I think they could have accommodated both of them, Yaya and Lawrence. Yeah. I didn't know if uh, Hugo would be able to do action stuff. I mean, stunt doubles, but I wasn't sure how that would go. Yeah, I think the stunt doubles would have been fine. Yeah. 
that's just the reason why I thought maybe he didn't do it, wasn't physically up to it. And most of, like, quote-unquote Smith stuff in the movie, which I won't say who played that kind of stand-in, but it didn't seem that action-intensive. Yeah, just one scene. Yeah. I don't need, like, everyone to come back or whatever. Or like I thought at the beginning, I had no idea how they were even going to do this. Whenever I first heard about it being made, I was just like, what? (laughs) How does that even work? So if they were to do something that didn't involve familiar characters and all the original characters, that would be interesting. But I do enjoy seeing the original characters. Yeah, I bet that was probably a a Warner Brothers thing of just, you gotta find a way to bring Keanu back. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, but did you watch the end of the trilogy? And they're like, find a way. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah. Then I guess we'll find a way to uh, give you the middle finger. Yeah, which is fun. There are some new faces in here, and I will not say who plays the main villain, but the fact that they are a main villain really amused me. Like, that they, the quote-unquote menacing figure in this isn't really that menacing. It amused me. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was saying before, with watching these and understanding them, it seemed like to me that this one was less philosophical and easier to understand as it went along like i was telling you while we were watching it yeah i did have some questions going throughout i'm just like i'm gonna be honest i'm a little lost but then they clarified it i'm like okay cool yeah it's less mind trippy but i guess because the audience is used to that world and everything that can happen and we already have established ground rules so yeah i think they did a good job. I think this was a fairly accessible for the Matrix type movie. Like, mm-hmm. once you get the full picture, if you're not someone who constantly needs to know what's happening at the exact moment, if you wait 10, 15 minutes, you'll understand what's going on. To me, I feel like the third movie, Matrix Revolutions, is the most difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people got irritated at the end of Reloaded whenever he was talking to the architect and him explaining to Neo what was going on and like all the screens happening. Yeah. Like I think that scene made a lot of mainstream audiences minds melt and be like, I don't know what this dude just said. Yeah. Okay, that part is more difficult to understand from the second one, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Revolution's kind of... I think that's why... I mean, not everyone, but I think a lot of people don't like the second and third one because they're like, too much thinking. Yeah, I guess that's right. Like, the second and third one are a little bit... Like, with all the car chases, whatever, all the action stuff, but the latter half, I guess, is a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I don't hear a lot of, like, mainstream audiences being like, man, I really like The Matrix for what it's really saying on a philosophical level. They're like, man, and then Neo was like, (laughs) bending back, and then he was running up the walls, and, like, Mm -hmm. so it's, like, all that kind of stuff, and people can like the movie for anything. Yeah. and they want to but like a lot of people don't want to take the time to dig into the philosophy of the movie yeah i just like all of its moving parts together yeah it works together nicely i think it's a really good story altogether. yeah as much as i love the wachowskis they're pretty messy sometimes but that's cool <laughs> they're bold so like I, li- I like the big swings they make i still need to see cloud atlas but like they do a lot of weird stuff and i'm here for it like yeah i rather someone be kind of daring but not completely mesh together and then be like boring and just be like i don't care about anything that's going on right now (laughs) yeah like with most movies from hollywood i would rather them take chances than not i don't think i've seen anything else from them except for the matrix i don't think i've watched any of their stuff yet you haven't watched speed racer no 
<laughs> That's a lot of fun. I really liked seeing that in IMAX back in the day. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people like it. Yeah. So I guess in conclusion, was this movie completely necessary? No. But I also think Lana would also agree with that assessment, which is fun. It is a good movie, and I think it's well worth watching. If you're a Matrix fan, just make sure you know what you're getting into. Just know not a ton of action, repeating stuff from the previous film. If you like commentary on the nature of reboots and just like spending time with these characters... I don't think we've underlined enough that Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss are, like, in Goat. peak form. Yeah, like, they are fucking... They look fine as hell, both of them. Like, <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful separately and beautiful together. <laughs> so good. Like, I think they both look better than they used to right now, mm. in my opinion. That's just me. That's just me. It's just nice to see them together. So if you just like spending time with these characters, jumping in these waters again. Mm. Their love will yeah. carry you through. Bust out of these pods. Oh. <laughs> uh unhook the things get that thing out your throat <laughs> get out of the the primordial soup yeah i could whenever you say it, it sounds so eloquent <laughs> just talking about primordial soup mm. Mm, goop and soup mm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. oh i didn't see any quinn paltrow in here <laughs> Free your mind. what is that rating system my rating system is cool ass sunglasses nice so put your sunglasses on wrong <laughs> let's get to it mm-hmm. i would give this i'm just gonna say three and a half cool ass sunglasses out of five what is your rating system i'm gonna say uh dapper neil patrick harris i mm. <laughs> i would give this hell i'm just gonna give it four four dapper neil patrick harris i <laughs> Are you doing that just so that we won't match? No. Okay. I think it's good. I think I liked it slightly more than the two sequels, maybe. I don't know. I'm just trying <laughs> to, like, guess to where I'm going to end up on this. So Yeah. I mean, I think my three and a half will definitely grow. <laughs> yeah. I'm already uh, appreciating. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I already find more that I appreciate about it the more I think about it. So I'm going to put it right at a four. Mm. If you want to see it, you could either venture out to the theater to see it, support cinema, or just go ahead and watch it on HBO Max for a couple more weeks. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Home Dance Film Festival. Join us again next time when we'll be discussing a couple more Sundance favorites and something new and special that you'll have to wait and find out about. If you have any thoughts or opinions about the movies we discussed today or movie suggestions, you can write us at homedancepod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and tweet at us at homedancepod. If you enjoyed the show today, feel free to leave a rating or a review. Um, if you did not like it, just keep plugged into the Matrix or some something like that. I don't know. Yeah, just uh, keep taking your red pill or whatever. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think it's blue. Blue. Keep taking your blue pill or whatever. <laughs> yeah, every day, man. Every day. But if you're cool, also just tell your friends about us. Say like, hey, listen to these scrubs. They're cool. Yeah. And if you want even more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DylanGonzalez2. You can also find me publishing reviews almost daily on GeekVibesNation.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jessica Narrates. You can also find me contributing to geekvibesnation.com. We are proud to be a part of the Geek Vibes Nation podcasting network. 
Original music for the show is provided by Andrew Carroll, who can be found at musicbyandrewcarroll.com. Original artwork for the show is provided by Ben Belcher, who can be found on Instagram at The Art of Ben Belcher. I've been Jessica. And I'm Dylan. I've been Jessica. And I'm Dylan. What? Whoa. That's deja vu. It's happening. It's happening. Bye. Bye.